Okay, Jeff. So it is certainly a, a, an honor for me to get a chance to talk to you. I've been a fan of your work for um, many, many years. Um, and this new solo um, album that you have out uh, is really cool. Um, you're doing a, a complete album of duets and you've got some uh, big name people lined up on this uh, to work with you. So this is really something uh, different for you, I think. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about uh, creating this album? Sure thing. I mean, first of all, thank you for the compliment. I do appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate anybody interested in me after all these years and uh, all these records and projects, et cetera, et cetera. It's, um, it's a blessing truly to, to still be uh, listened to and desired out there. And uh, so I appreciate all the, uh, all the ears that are listening in and all the loyalty out there. But uh, yeah, this album came about uh, mainly because earlier this year, we were still kind of unaware what would, you know, what was going to happen with the rest of the world when we're going to be normal again, so to speak, when, when things are going to be opening up when we could do whatever, you know, all of the above, there's, there's no point to even uh, to, to talk about it because we all, we're all in the same boat. Sure. <laughs> uh, that being said, I, I just had a conversation with frontiers, you know, basically uh, we, we agreed that the best thing for all of us to do in staying relevant and, and making sure that uh, we're there for the people because music is basically therapy for everyone, including the artists who put it out. So I wanted to stay busy. I wanted to stay, uh, I wanted to do stuff that uh, necessarily is, I'm not pushing more new agendas in, in terms of new music. When, uh, when we were talking about, well, what can we do to kind of pass the time, transitional albums, transitional something, uh, the first thing they said, well, the obvious thing would be doing a covers album. And I wasn't so interested in that. Um, I've done too many covers in my lifetime. You, you could you could throw a stone out there and, and you probably get like three albums worth of uh, tributes and covers that I've done through my years. So to do just another one, you know, another collection of covers, I thought maybe... I don't know, maybe it's not uh, something that the fans are really going to be interested in. So I took it to the next level of digging into my own career. I remember singing on a Michael Shanker tribute album a few years ago, and it was a cool concept because it was a tribute to Michael Shanker's entire career from UFO to the MSG band and all those things that he'd done, but he was playing guitar on them. It was various singers, various musicians on every song. But he was actually playing guitar in album. I thought, you know what? How about elaborating on that concept? Because Lord knows I have a wealth of material to draw from. And uh, and then we, I took it to the next level. Instead of uh, me singing everything all over again, who needs another version of something that everybody already knows and loves? Why don't I bring in uh, some good friends of mine and especially people within the, uh, the, the Frontiers Records umbrella and see what we can do with that? Yeah, and I was ecstatic to see, I mean, you've got some really, um, you know, stuff on here from from over the course of your career, um, like Calling All Girls from Eyes. I mean, I loved Eyes, and, and you know, that's, of course, out of print. Uh, it's, right. It's just not something people can get nowadays. And so, uh, you know, seeing uh, songs like that uh, put on here, I, I was really, uh, really pleased and happy uh, because there's a lot of guys like me, I'm sure, that are, uh, you know, collectors of all of this stuff and, uh Right. Uh, you know, this is the only way you're going to hear that unless you unless you have yeah. one of those. And it's uh, you, know, and then, you definitely have a who's who of, of people here. Tell me about how the how you pick the lineup of people to record these songs with. How did that come about? Well, the uh, obviously it started with the song, started with the song selection, had to uh, come to terms and agreement with that with the label. And I always try to include Frontiers into my releases as much as possible, because 
it, for two reasons. I mean, you you get the label involved in what you're doing. Um, there's usually a little more passion behind it when it's released. There's a little more priority put behind it because they feel like they're a part of the creation. Sure. And so that being said, I I ask them to give me kind of a master wish list of songs that they would like me to cover on this record. So they pretty much chose about 80% of them. I, I, I kind of did the rest in terms of uh, filling in what I personally thought and felt should be in there. And that it started with the songs. So from that, clearly I made a master list of, of who I want to sing on the record. And then from there, I had to basically do what a casting director would do in terms of casting a movie or a role uh, with actors and actresses. You know, I, I saw the songs, I saw the list and I said that voice would fit perfectly with that. And it was spot on. Everybody that did their vocals, there were no issues. There was no, hey, oh, you kind of sang that wrong or different. I wanted everybody to do them. I wanted them to, to give me their interpretation of how they would sing a song of mine, if somebody said, hey, you're gonna do this song for your next album, let's see what you got. And it was great because I, I didn't have to coach anyone. I didn't have to, uh, I, I just let everybody be them. And I, for the most part, stuck to script. I didn't wanna redo things or or give too much of a spin because again, people are used to hearing the songs a certain way. You do them too differently. It's gonna be like, ah, I wasn't really into a reinvention of something that I know and love so long. So I kind of stuck to script. Musically, we kind of stuck to script that we didn't change anything or or add any nuances or different parts to kind of change the original structure of the songs. And I just let the singer shine and do the thing. Yeah, and it came out great. Um, and I, I think, you know, you were correct to to let people be themselves, um, you know, because that really um, it's really apparent, you know, that everybody has their own style, um, but, right. but it fits well, you know, it really, really fits well. So. Obviously, yeah, the first... it's great because, yeah, I, I've done I've done covers in the past where, you know, or if I'm doing a tribute album or if I'm singing on something that I, I remember doing a Van Halen tribute song on a Van Halen tribute album. And I did my best to try to sound like David Lee Roth. I didn't <laughs> want to sound like me. I wanted to sound as true to the original. Of course, I won't sound like David. But if you're hearing me kind of um, trying to kind of bring forth verbatim what he did, kind of impersonating him it's still going to sound like me but it's still going to sound kind of cool and authentic and i didn't necessarily want that with these guys i didn't want them to try and emulate me i wanted yeah. them to just do them and, and again I, I couldn't be happier with the results yeah not looking for a karaoke version right exactly <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean the, the, the people you lined up uh, it's just perfection the, the songs are great uh, obviously i was excited to see don't let it end on here um yeah you know, huge fan of your work from from your early days there with Ingve, uh, and you were nineteen, right, when you started with Ingve? Is that correct? I was eighteen. I, I was I joined them in September eighty four, and I turned nineteen in November of eighty four. So wow, I was still I, I could literally still say I I was two months from being nineteen. I was two months, you know, still eighteen years old, and yeah, it's it's such a <clears throat> it's such a thing I speak of now with absolute pride because. You, you kind of take for granted the the, thing, the things you do when you do them. You know, you you look at it, that's part for the course. That's what you're supposed to do. But when you reflect back when you're older, especially now that we're talking about almost 40 years ago, and you realize, oh my God, I was just a baby. You realize even seeing your own kids and seeing the things that they're doing or not doing, <laughs> you know, if they're not ambitious and going for all the things in life that we did or I did as a, as a teenager, it just really makes me reflect on how young I was, but I still had this goal and this ambition in my life 
to be somebody, to be seen and recognized and respected in the business. And so, yeah, I look back at uh, that. I was so excited to do that song and bring out something that far back in my life and my career that uh, I, I wouldn't have done the album without it. Yeah, and, and back going back to to that song originally, back when you did it, of course, with with Bingley, were you aware of the the magnitude of that project of of how that would propel you into the industry at that time? Or one one billion percent, yes, because I was a big <laughs> fan of I was a fan of Ingve's when uh, when the Steeler album came out. Never mind the uh, the actual Alcatraz album, which obviously took it over the top. That's when everybody in the world got to hear and see and 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 make Ingve such an iconic presence in the music industry at that time. And so, of course, when I even when I sent my uh, my demo tape to to audition for his band, I was like, I'll be happy if he just listens to me. I have no expectation that he'll actually ask me to join the band. And and so it's it absolutely I, I say with absolute pride now that. You know, these these were my humble beginnings, and I I own them to the to the extent of, uh, without this, I the, the entire course of my career would have been completely different. Sure, I mean, and a lot's been made, of course. You know, Ingve's comments and things, but uh, yeah, Ingve's Ingve. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what? I, I, I'll let Ingve be Ingve. As far as I'm concerned, I, I made a pact uh, a few years ago when I was inducted to the Heavy Metal Hall of Fame. Uh, during my acceptance speech, I made sure to mention from this point forward, there's not you're not going to hear a negative tone or comment coming from me from to Ingve or towards Journey or anything ever again. Because bottom line is I'm where I am because of these people. These people gave me a shot. These people, especially Ingve, I'm talking 1984. I'm just an 18 year old Puerto Rican kid, and I was given an opportunity to front him and he respectfully chose me to, to be that representative of his music. So to me now, when I reflect back on it, it's so important to me. It's so such a huge thing for me to talk about today. Yeah, and it's amazing if you think about it. I mean, here you are at that point, 18 years old. I mean, a lot of kids, especially if they weren't going to college, I mean, they could have very well been working at Burger King and you're, uh, you're, you're out on stage with <laughs> this heavy metal guitar virtual virtual well, you know, you know blowing up the <laughs> I personally think it would have happened eventually it might again everything in life happens for a reason and it sure. would have been a completely different course had I not started with Ingve of course my drive and ambition would have been the same and I would have literally I would have pursued it until the death even if I never reached it at this age I would have still been pursuing it <laughs> well I mean you're you're just a super talented dude um, very busy guy. Um, you know, you're one of the guys I consider kind of a journeyman of rock here because you literally have something on the back burner and the front burner seems like constantly. Um, you're, you're, you're a very busy guy working from one project to another, your solo albums, you know. Uh, I mean, it's just amazing the amount of stuff that you're involved in. Um, well, you know but, what? It, it, it's funny. I used to get criticized a lot, and I still people still today don't understand how I have so much time to do so much work, and how much how much time I have to do to be able to be on so much work. And you know, it's I learned this work ethic so long ago. When even back in the days when I was a massive Prince fan, which I still am, and you used to hear all the stories about this guy's got a vault. And, you know, you, you picture like a bank vault. You, 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 every time you read these kind of things, you picture certain images, but that he had a vault and a wealth of material that no one's ever heard and nobody would ever hear. And I, I thought that was so cool that he worked so much, that he put so much emphasis on his craft and his love for music, that it's not a matter of 
uh, of even how many things that he's supposed to be doing. He's doing it because he can't help it. It's it's just coming. It's in his DNA. He's just doing it. And I, I thought that was such a great attitude to have. And to be honest with you, it, it served me in so many different ways in, in challenging myself and learning new experiences and, and learning how to tap into things that weren't normally in my wheelhouse. And I've learned so much by doing things with so many people. Again, I wouldn't change a thing in terms of the quantity of what I've been putting out there, whether anybody feels or thinks that the quality is not as, the, as much there. I don't, I don't look at it that way because every single thing I do is just as important as the last whether you agree or not, you know, it's, it's part of, it's part for the course. I, I needed to keep growing and learning. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that because I think a lot of the other artists that I respect, well, uh, you know, within the industry too, um, have had similar traits. You know, a lot of the fans are like, Oh, you know, if they're, if they're doing this much material, they're spreading themselves a little too thin. And like you said, you know, the, you hear comments, you know, maybe the quantity isn't as good, but but I would disagree, you know, especially you have people like Eddie Van Halen, who also has a vault, like you say, um, you know, of just hours upon hours of, of his playing that he analyzed, listened to just for his own self-gratification, you know, and, and recording right. and trying to improve what he was doing. Um, George Lynch, another one of those guys, you know, you've got a guitarist yeah. who's constantly doing, a, a, you know, something, but it's in his blood, you know, and I think, yeah, I think uh, it's sort of that old analogy, you know, if, uh, if you find something you like doing, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not a job, right? It's, uh, it's, it's absolutely <laughs> and it's kind of funny. The other day, the other day, I was thinking there's so many things, especially, especially in 2020, when we were just hunkered down at home, and couldn't go anywhere. I worked more in my life than I've ever in my entire career. And uh, I literally was in the studio every day, whether I was doing sessions, um, helping people out with certain songs and demos and movie soundtracks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's so much out there that I have a feeling will not come out or won't be heard in a, in a, in a big way. You know, it's going to be a lot of people that I, I work with that, uh, they, they hired me to hopefully release it and get notoriety on their in their on their own uh, recognizances, but might not get as much. I thought, you know what, maybe one day I'll take everything that I did in 2020 and release like the the COVID, the COVID tapes or something like that. Just <laughs> something that shows all the work that I did in the course of and maybe even release a DVD with, with all the stupid quarantine videos that we had to do. And my God, it, it would be it would be probably a triple album based on how much. That. <laughs> I mean, if you add everything that was released, it truly was a nonstop period for me. But again, this to me was my only outlet of sanity. I had to do this, and uh, it, it was it truly was something that kept me going. It kept me ticking while we were waiting to get back to normal again. Yeah, and I think that's really smart because, I mean, what else can you do during a pandemic? And I, I know a lot of the bands were, you know, kind of just up in arms. Well, great, you know, we can't tour and that's what we do. But right. I mean, you can record, you know, this that's the time to, I think, to sit down, to hunker down and, you know, do this kind of material. And um, yeah. you know, your time was well spent considering that, you know, we were all kind of quarantined and locked down and, and so forth. It looks like you've made the best of a bad situation kind of the lemon from lemonades if you will um, what i was you... just gonna say that i was just gonna say i made a lot of lemonade last year <laughs> <laughs> what would you um which, which one of these songs on your uh new duets album are you the most proud of how it came out you know it is a toss-up and i'm i'm proud of all of them equally but as far as the ones that give me goosebumps 
and it's mainly because there's two reasons. It's uh, the, the the main thing is because it started. My history is right there at the very beginning of it, and that would be "Don't Let It End" with Dino. Sure. I knew immediately if I got Dino on this track. It's I look at Dino as myself when I was his age, up and coming, uh, just really honing into my craft, trying to show the world what I got. And so it's almost like uh, me going back to the very beginning and then now taking one of one of my apprentices, so to speak. I'm not going to say that he knows he's only as good as he is because he listens to me. I'm just saying in general, taking somebody that's followed me and got something from me and putting him on something on this on the same it's kind of like a regeneration yeah. so that that one excites me so much especially the, the job that howie simon did with the the uh the guitar work he literally went verbatim note for note on ingve solos and it, it's incredible how he pulled it off because it still sounds like him it doesn't sound like he's trying to impersonate ingve but it sounds like he's paying homage to him when he's doing his parts but everything about that track really it it puts the hair standing up on my arms because it uh, again, as we were starting this conversation, it just reminds me of where it all began, and and it really it freaks me out that it was almost forty years ago that this whole vibe <laughs> began. It goes then the, <laughs> coming in at a close second, if not tied, it's tied in first place is the one I did with Dean Castronovo. Um, everybody knows what an important, what an amazing voice Dean has provided for Journey sure. since he's been with him. And of course, now he's done a few things with Revolution Saints and uh, and the uh, Castronova Gioelli thing. Um, people now recognize him as a singer, but more so they recognize him as somebody that can sound and reproduce that classic Perry sound. When we wrote the songs, uh, Coming Home, Neil and I wrote that song. Mm -hmm. It was the very first one we worked together on for Soul Circus. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I, I, I can't wait to dig into this because I'm really going to give it that journey treatment. It's it's going to be my tribute to Steve. If this song were his, what he might do to it. That's exactly how I treated it. So of course, the only other person I would want to sing on this song as a duet with me is Steve Perry, and that ain't going to happen. So getting lean on this was just as, uh, as important and just as exciting for me. And again, I listen to that song now and I just feel like it just destroys the original version just because I've got that magical voice singing along with me. Yeah, and, and I think he's really underrated um, as a vocalist. You know, I mean, a lot of people, you know, think of him as clearly a drummer, but but I mean- Yeah, no, he's not underrated. He, he just downplays it. <laughs> it's not so much underrated. He just downplays it. He's like, I'm no singer. I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not, uh, uh, you know, I'm never going to be a front man. I'm a drummer who sings, blah, blah, blah. He downplays it so much. Of course, he remains humble by it. But the fact that he's that good, it, it just needs to be heard. And I'm so happy that he he said yes to being on this and uh, that he was a part of this. So looking back on that, and, and I know, you know, avoiding, I prefer to avoid, you know, negativity, of course, on this, but uh, you have a, a history there with, with Journey as well. Um, yeah. Which I would have liked to have seen an album with you. Obviously, many of your fans would. Um, what do you take from that situation nowadays when you look back? At well, it? It, it, again, it's it was harder based on the when it, you know as as time passes, obviously it gets easier, it gets better, it gets uh, more tolerable, and then you you stop thinking you you stop thinking about the uh, what the repercussions, and you start remembering what it did for you and what what you did for it mm -hmm. and so that being said it, it's also it's, it's just something i again i'm very proud to be a part of that 
I'm beyond proud that they chose me to be a part of that. I wish it, I could be more recognized as I was the permanent singer at one point, because obviously, uh, it, you know, it, it, it stings a little bit when I don't get to see the credit of what I brought to the band, even, even though it was just live shows, you know, like you said, I don't have a, a, an album or even a live DVD to draw from. I was just basically filling the shoes and getting them through the year. But once I was inducted as their permanent singer, that to me was more important than just doing the, the shows I did in 2006. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And of course that helped elevate your name, whether you stayed with the band or not. Um, right. You know, it, it's one of those things that I, I spoke um, a couple of days ago with uh, uh, Gus G, um, you know, was Ozzy's uh, guitarist for one album. Um, and I asked him, you know, how, how that affected him. And he, he's because, you know, a lot of journalists will put, you know, ex Ozzy guitarist, Gus G, and I'm sure you get the same thing, ex Yngwie Malmsteen vocalist and, you know, different things. Um, right. And he said, hey, I have no problem with it. He's, you know, kind of like what you said that, I mean, this is how I got to where I'm at. So, um, you know, fire away, <laughs> so to speak. And, <laughs> and I think that's true, you know, after a while. I mean, I, I can totally agree with you. I, I'm sure that would, would, uh, would sting in the beginning and you know, a little bit like uh, any kind of job where somebody let you go and you wondered what you did wrong and, you know, right. or why this didn't work, uh, you know, the way you had hoped. And, um, All of the above, it, ultimately it worked out, um, you know, for, for both of you guys, I mean, for, for journey and, and for what you're doing, uh, because well, yeah. your material and, and again, gets I, better and better with age, you're definitely like a fine wine. It just continues to improve, uh, with each output. So, uh, and I, I absolutely wish them well. I, and that's, that's my thing. I, I want the water under the bridge. I want to be able to go to a journey show again and, and go see them and go give them hugs and, and, you know, feel like I was at one point part of the family sure. and you know what, I, I'm patient. I'm not going to, I'm not going to expect anything to, to happen from me reaching out, uh, extending that olive branch. But uh, bottom line is I'm hoping at some point in time, it, it, even Ingve himself, that we can kind of break bread again and, uh, and just, you know, even be, eventually become uh, old men sitting in, in a retirement home talking about the old days. That to me is the ultimate ending to this entire chapter that I call my career. <laughs> well, as far as Ingve goes, I'll say one thing. Ingve is a talented guitarist. I love his work, but he could definitely use you as a vocalist if anybody's listened to his last couple albums. And I'm just right. going to leave that right there. <laughs> hey, you know what? He's trying something that he feels is necessary for his career and his uh, decisions now, and and more power to him. If people don't like it, then he's going to have to hopefully realize that and, and yeah. try and you know try something else that either is proven or that he knows they're going to accept. But yeah. for the most part, you know, I got to give it to him. I remember so many times where I'm trying a different musical outlet and my, my fans go crazy. No, they basically screaming. We don't want this. We want Jeff to sing like this, this style of music, et cetera. Who wants this crap? And, and so basically everybody gets berated by their yeah. fans at one point, because, you know, as artists, we don't want to be stagnant. We don't want to, we don't want to just be stuck in one place. And, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. I'll, I'll bring up another example, ACDC. They, they kind of, they knew their niche and they basically stayed on course with it. But to me, it, it basically sounds like they're doing the same album year after year, de decade after decade. I agree. And that's not enough for me and, and some of us out there that want to keep trying to branch out and, and see if we can actually tap into something that people will accept. In the meantime, we just, we can only do what we can do. <laughs> 
Well, I've always found you to be pretty creative, you know, and, and you kind of tell um, even with one song on an album or, or this or that, where you're kind of taking some creative chances and trying to, to kind of, you know, push the envelope a little bit in certain areas. And uh, th that's impressive because I think as an artist, uh, you have that creativity you're going to want to kind of push the yeah, envelope a little bit just to, you know, just to test the waters to see how that goes. Um, considering how busy you are, because like I said, you're always in something. What else have you got lined up for 2021? Because I have a feeling this is not the only release we're going to see from you this year. Um, well, 2021, this is the last, the, the, the duets album comes out. Well, it's October. Uh, so yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, there's, there's no, nothing else slated for 21. Um, I'm literally, as soon as I'm done, as soon as I'm done with all my interviews today, I'm doing the final touches on the lead vocals of my next solo album. Nice. Uh, we started we started working on that based on the mentality of delivering it by the end of the year and having it released uh, early 2022 as my sort of 20 year anniversary with uh, with Frontiers album. Nice. So that alone I'm excited about because we're celebrating two decades. And in my life and career, I don't really have anything that I'm I'm known for we're sticking with for two decades. And so it's, it's kind of exciting. Talisman and Frontiers are the longest lasting career relationships I've ever had. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm doing it again with Alessandro Del Vecchio. He did such a stellar job in kind of writing and, uh, and thinking and emoting the kind of record he wanted to hear from JSS when he wrote the material, when he wrote the music. And it was such a blessing and such a joy to work with him and so easy that I said, we have to do it again. We have, I need you to work with me and make that quintessential JSS album that sounds like it's got all the best elements of what people expect to know of me. And he did it once again, he just knocked it out of the ballpark. So yeah, we're, we're mixing that and turning this in by the end of October. I'm uh, on the interview trail, promotion trail for uh, the duets and uh, I'm just gonna keep them pumping out, man. Well, great, man. Like I said, this is a fantastic album. I urge all of our listeners to get it um, because it's um, even if you're familiar with the the songs, you know, uh, if you're a fan of yours over the years, I, it's not one of those things. It's not a rehash. You know, it's not like you just put this stuff in a Xerox machine. You really did um, kind of crank this out into uh, to be a whole different animal. And uh, it's very enjoyable because of that. So that's awesome. I appreciate that. And I'm hoping, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that same enthusiasm is there not just picking it up or, or listening to it i really hope that this can be something that people will revisit and listen to further and again I, i'm, I'm going to go back to which i should have started the interview with i named it volume one kind of as a, a kind of as a piss take it's more like a hey you know this will be volume there'll be a volume two three five and 13 if you guys like this one so let's start here and if it's, it, 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 I remember the Mel Brooks movie, <laughs> History of the World, part two, and everybody's going, wait a minute, when, when was part one? And it, it, it threw people for a loop. It was never supposed to be a part one, never was going to be a part one. But the fact that, uh, you know, the fact that he called it that, it, it just had a little more excitement to the title of the movie and made people think a little bit. So if I can get a little bit, I, I love Double Entendre. If people see it as it's going to be more, great. If they see it as, if they like this, they'll be more great. If they see it as, oh, he's just, that's just the title. It means nothing, even better. <laughs> well, the feedback I'm getting from everyone is, yeah, people are in love with this album. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I think there'll be a volume two. I'm pretty sure of it from, hey, from everything I'm hearing from your fans. They, they're really eating this up. So that's awesome. I really hope so. And again, I've got a, 
I've got a wealth of material that I, I've already even thought of what would be on a, a volume two, three, and four. Uh, <laughs> there's just so much music that I would love to do with my more with my friends. Uh, and even furthering the idea, I mean, maybe doing even a, an all-female version of a JSS duets album. Uh, you know, I would really want to mix it up and come up with other ideas and other thoughts of something like this. And I truly could become, it truly can become many volumes, much in the way that uh, uh, Rod Stewart was was doing the 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 American Songbook albums. Yeah, he was doing really old classics, and and it turned into a series of things. And I think this would be just as cool if I could uh, turn it into that. Yeah, well, you definitely got my vote. It's it, it's uh, it's a spectacular release. Um, can't uh, can't wait for everybody else to hear it. Uh, I think we only got a couple of days now, so. Uh, Yes, sir. Two so days. It's two days away. <laughs> yeah, so you're there. So <laughs> release right day is pretty much upon us. Well, man, it yes, is uh, such a pleasure and an honor to get a chance to talk to you. Like I said, I've been a fan of your work uh, since you started out uh, in the early days there with Ingve and uh, everything you've done. Again, uh, quality stuff, man. Just, just great. So I uh, appreciate you taking your time. I know you're busy to, to sit down and talk with us at Excess Rock. And uh, hopefully we, we can do this again uh, when your next solo album comes out. Much obliged, my friend. Let's do it again sometime, Bobby. All right. Thanks a lot. All the best. All right. Have a good one. Bye-bye.